Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church for episode three, here in one place and one accord with our very own associate pastor, Stephen Sullivan. It's nice to have you on. It's good to be here. We're Thanks excited for, for this one. Hey, it's, it's, I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a great one. We're going to be talking about miracles through adversity, and uh, it's a topic that many people on earth deal with daily, uh, the need for a miracle, and more, more, more commonly, adversity. Everyone right. goes through adversity, right. and so... How do those two topics go hand in hand? We're going to be talking about that. But first, before we go I uh, into the, straight into the topic, I want to just give two seconds to talk about who Stephen Sullivan is because I know who you are. I've served with you in ministry here at Life Church, but many people might not know who Stephen Sullivan is. So how about we take maybe a little bit more than two seconds, but a few, few, few seconds here and explain who Stephen Sullivan is. Well, for the longest time, I was known as the uh, the guy that married the Boffman's daughter. Oh, hey, that's 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 a, that's a big achievement, I guess, huh? Well, no, uh, yeah, it is. It is a, <laughs> no, it is a big okay. achievement. But uh, no, um, my name is Stephen, and I mean, like you said, you yeah. know me. Uh, been born and raised in this from California. Uh, Miranda and I, shortly after we got married, we moved here to Arizona and attended Rob Bibbs Church POP uh, for seventeen years. Mm. And then the Lord just started dealing with us about uh, moving out here to Life Church because we knew that there was transi- transition coming with the building and everything going on, and we just felt like it was it was time for a change for us to get there to or get here, I should say, to help out her parents and just be a blessing to whoever we could here at Life Church. And we're hoping we're being a blessing. I know Miranda's doing a great job with the music, working with Michaela. And that's their, our wife's one time to kind of tell us what to do because we sit under them at that point. Right. <laughs> we step back. Yeah. We step back and listen. That's how it is. Basically. <laughs> but no, we're, we're, hey, you have been a great impact here at Life Church, I feel like. I mean, I could only speak for what I've seen. Uh, but you and your wife have done great here and uh, continue to do great. Um, but I, I thought about this topic um, when we were talking about, I, I like to go to our ministers and kind of give a topic that is kind of geared towards their personal experience and for some may know your personal experience through the miracles that God has done in your life personally um, but some may not yeah. uh, but I felt like when it talks about m- when we're talking about miracles I think you have a a unique um, insight on a personal experience of a miracle God had done in your life um, but before we kind of dive into that I wonder if we could just kind of uh, explain what a miracle is because some people may not even know what a miracle is all about. Like, uh, you know, in such a bleak world sometimes, and I don't mean to take it there, sometimes people don't even feel the kind of hope of uh, uh, a potential miracle in their life. Um, We know by having an experience with God, a relationship with God, we know the kind of power God has and, and, and the abilities he possesses to perform in our lives. But some people not, may not experience or even know who God is. So why, why don't we just uh, explain for just a second why you believe uh, in miracles, what a miracle is, um, kind of the concept of a miracle. Well, for me, a miracle, I mean, for a lot of people, a miracle is simply just defined as something that's unexpected and out of out of human explanation basically like we hear about people that all of a sudden were blind but now they can see or they were sick one day and then the next all of a sudden with no explanation they were better 
Right. Uh, so there's the generic d- definition of a miracle, mm-hmm. but it also isn't the d- generic version or the definition. Basically, the v- definition is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be a work of a divine agency. Mm. So a miracle is basically its own definition. It's a miracle. It's something that, wow, that's not supposed to happen, but yet it happened. Mm-hmm. And miracles to a lot of people take a lot of different forms. I mean, to me, like you mentioned, kind of coming from my background, I almost look at it as a miracle as waking up every morning because we're blessed and we're not expected to be alive the next day or even to take that next breath. But we become so accustomed to it that it's one of those things that we sometimes begin to just take for granted. Mm. Whereas it's truly a miracle that our bodies are designed the way they are by God, that we have that ability. Yeah. I think maybe we should just preface this. I didn't do very well in the outline of this one, but how about we take two seconds? I like two seconds, maybe (laughs) a little bit more than two seconds. Um, and kind of explain to the audience your personal miracle that God did for you in your life. Okay, well, uh, it's actually 10 years ago this month that I oh, wow. that I finished. So That's, that's awesome. Um, 2011, uh, it's about, geez, it's starting to kind of all run together at this <laughs> point of dates and stuff. But uh, just real briefly, it was in late July that I just started not feeling good. I mean, I wasn't physically I just didn't feel right Mm. and uh so long story short I ended up going into the hospital because I woke up one morning and I was just completely jaundice yellow I mean Mm. just yellow and uh Miranda looked at me and said we're gonna go to the hospital because something's not right yeah go to the hospital check in they tell me that my uh appendix not my appendix my gallbladder has got a blockage so they're gonna go in and remove it and everything should clear up blah 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 ended up not being a gallbladder issue except for the fact that there was a tumor that was blocking my gallbladder or my bile duct which causes backup of sludge and sure, all yeah. that fun stuff and that tumor ended up being cancer and so i mean again we can go right down the, lit- the litany of things that have happened in that one week in the hospital but basically it boiled down to one doctor said you're going to be out of work for like I think they said, fifteen to eighteen months. We're gonna do a bone marrow transplant. You're, I mean, you're just basically gonna be laid up, not worth anything for right. about eighteen months. And uh, uh, got some advice to get a second opinion. Got a second opinion from a doctor at Mayo Clinic, and his prognosis was completely different than the other doctors, complete opposite. And we believe that that was truly God stepping in to. to show who he was sure we go from 18 months to four to six months Mm. uh no bone marrow transplant because there's no need for it in his opinion and his his treatments of chemo were going to be much more extreme but because they were so much more extreme that's why he could shorten the time yeah which meant more of a better outcome for me on a mental level uh not even knowing that at the time but looking back on it and it was November of 2011 that I took my last round of chemo. Wow. And, I mean, we're literally almost to the day yeah. where I got my last scan. That's awesome. So. Yeah, well, that's a miracle. I mean, just just hearing this story, and I've heard it before a couple of times. You, you mentioned it when you preach and stuff like that. So I, I've, I've heard it, and just having that 
that that friend that I know who has gone through something so severe and so dangerous in their life and, and come through it only by God's grace and, and his, his miraculous power um, is, is a testament to the goodness of God and who he is yeah. and the kind of love he has for the people who, who serve him and love him and care for him. And that, yeah, and it, it's awesome to have that testimony. And I sit here and say, yeah, it's a miracle. But then there's the skeptics that always say, well, no, is the chemo. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. it was the chemo that treated me, but it was also God that gave man the wisdom to find this chemo. When sure. we sat in the doctor's office at Mayo, he literally looked at my wife and I and said, 20 years ago, this was one of the deadliest cancers out there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was the pancreatic cancer of today. Yeah. And uh, he said, but with advances in modern technology and our medicines, yeah, it's a jacked up situation with chemo because it's going to be rough. But it's also one of the most survivable. And to quote the doctor, if you get cancer, this is the cancer you want. So, again, another miracle because my initial visit in the hospital, 31 years old, and the doctors are telling me that I have pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And so, again, just it's... It's God's working of a miracle through man. And a lot of times God uses men, our humanity, I should say, to work miracles. Definitely. And so, I mean, I firmly believe that it, it, I sit here today as a miracle. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, it, I've heard stories of, of people who, you know, have gone into surgeries and, and you know, they, they had their family, their church pray for them before they went in. And, and doctors coming out saying, I don't know just what happened. I, yeah. I, there's some, <laughs> I can't explain it. And, you know, I, I've heard we have, we have testaments here in our church of miracles. Julie herself, she's, yeah. I mean, she's, she's a walking miracle. <laughs> yeah, Many miracles is. that God has done in her life. You know, she, she's taking, she's taking count. But I mean, there's, there's just, I've, I've been in, I've been in services uh, growing up in church where, you know, people have walked in with, a, with, a, with a back uh, problem that they've been mm-hmm. dealing with their entire life. And, and, you know, it just took one time, yeah. you know, kneeling at an altar and giving their life to Jesus. And, yep. and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're miraculously healed. And, and an honesty miracle is something that some people in some people's lives, they just can't, they can't gather or grasp the concept right. of a miracle. And like, this is something they have to live with forever. You know, my wife, she's, she's had multiple back, uh, you know, uh, shots and, and surgery mm-hmm. and, and all these things. And there's, there's times when you're feeling, you know, it's like, is this just going to be something I have to, and it, it might, it might be a trial that God's using to be able to keep you humble and, right. and keep you in the place where you want you to Very be, true. you know, but I, I feel like that, that uh, there are such things as miracles, even mm-hmm. in the 21st century. Oh yeah. You know, you read the word of God, the uh, pack full of miracles. You yeah. know, Jesus was pretty much a walking miracle on earth. You know, well, he was, well, he was a walking yeah. miracle, but he performed so many miracles. <laughs> right. He's, you just, you equate miracles right. to him. And so, you know, from, from the woman with the issue of blood and, and, you know, multiple lepers and, and multiple blind, you know. Raising the dead, yeah, Lazarus. Exactly. <laughs> you know, some, some things that just scientifically just sometimes are impossible. Don't make sense. Yeah. And so, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of coming from the concept or the viewpoint of you going through this trial, going through this point in your life, not only you, it's a family, I, I'm sure it's a family trial, you yes. know, they went in through it with you, 
Um, and so, you know, maybe you can attest to some of that, but like, what were expectations? I mean, you are, you are, it's, 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 it's a very unique situation compared to some people because you already had a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you were in ministry. You constantly were the one up there pronouncing the goodness of God and all the miraculous healing power that, and yeah. I feel like sometimes us ministers, we have to, you know, learn what we teach, but, you know, or, or at least apply what we teach, but. You know, from someone who read the Word of God, knows the kind of experience resume that that Jesus has, um, what were your expectations throughout your journey? That's another great question. I mean, the expectations, I expected God to heal me. Mm. I mean, I expected to be one of those ones that I don't have to go through chemo, I don't have to deal with any of it because God's just going to heal me. In fact, uh, after we got the diagnosis... I think it was my first or second service back at POP uh, before we actually started chemo and everything because that was real quick in and of yeah. itself. Um, Rob Bibb is notorious for taking the word literal and on numerous occasions when people were sick or in need of something, he goes to that scripture standing on the word of God. Mm. And I remember the service, we, I remember the church building that we were in because at that time POP was going through a lot of transition as far as moving and stuff, where he brought me up on the platform, laid open a Bible, had me take my shoes off, and mm. literally had me stand on the Word of God. Wow. And the ministry prayed for me, the church prayed, and it was our next visit before we started our first round of chemo that I walked into the doctor's office and I looked at him and said, I don't know if you're a God-fearing man, but I am. And my church has prayed for me. We've been praying, and I feel like God's done something. I want to do another scan before before we start all this. Yeah. And the doctor looked at me and said, I believe in God, and I believe in—he said, I believe in miracles. He said, okay. So I go into this scan yeah. thinking, okay, we're done. This is over. Wipe clean. <laughs> Wipe clean, starting over. Yeah. But that wasn't God's plan. Yeah. And— so then I'm dealing with a whole new struggle. Well, God, your word says that you're going to heal me. So now what? Mm. And like you mentioned, sometimes God has to teach us what we preach. Yeah, right. Because it's one thing to to speak something because we've read it in the Bible or or we've heard other people talk about it. But when it becomes personal, when it becomes intimate, mm. it brings on a whole new level. And sometimes, yeah, God has to bring us through these things because there it may not even be for our purpose. Yeah. But maybe He's going to use us to minister and teach somebody else. Yeah. Because now we have a different experience. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think uh, there are many instances of things I feel like when you go through your problems that are being worked out through in the background that you may not even see are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, God has a, a way I've, I've come to realize <laughs> of, of, of working behind the scenes. Yes, he does. You know, he does a really good job and, uh, you know, keeping you out of the know until when you need to know. And so, <laughs> and 10 years later, yeah, I still don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know, and this is going to sound braggadocious, and I don't mean for it to, uh, but I don't know what that experience 10 years ago, I don't know who that's touched. I don't know who that's ministered to, and I may never know. Right. But I do, like you said, we've learned that God works in the background. Right. And so I have to believe that there's somebody that that ministered to. 
Sure. And did something for them. Sure. And I know it's kind of been a joke between us, but it literally, sometimes you have to be careful when you make the statement, I just want to be used. (laughs) (laughs) We just had to fit that in somewhere. (laughs) No, that's true though. But because if you're, if you mean that sincerely, yeah. You don't know truly what you're praying when you say that. Right. Because God may say, okay, I'm going to use you, but you're not going to like it. Yeah. (laughs) So. No, and I think that's good. And I think when you're going through the adversity, when you're going through the problem in your life, when you're going through a moment where it just looks sometimes a little more bleak than Mm -hmm. when you woke up that morning. Yeah. And, And you're just going through a trial. You're going through a problem. There are times when I feel like you could, and some some people definitely do, lose some kind of yeah. amount of faith when, oh, yeah. when it comes to what Jesus, what God can do in our lives. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a lack of faith. Mm. Ne- well, yes, there are people that do lose yeah. their faith. There are re- unfortunately, there are. Yes. But I think a lot of times if we if we step back and look at the situation— no matter what the circumstance that we're dealing with, our faith is being tried. Yeah. And that's how we have to respond to it is, okay, what am I going to do now that my faith is being tried? Where am I going to go from here? Because we've spent, I mean, again, I was born and raised in church, so I've got almost 42 years of living in in this belief system, if you will. But what else can I put my trust in? What else can mm. I put my faith in? And so those trying times are where you start to build a deeper, truer faith mm. if we allow it, as opposed to just walking up and giving up and saying, okay, I'm done. Right. And I think there's there's something to be said when you've been through the fire and you come out stronger than there when is. you went in. I think, you know, there are trials in our lives, mm-hmm. whether it's to the point of life and death or to the point of just a frustration. Am I going to pay this bill? You or know, <laughs> that's, that's a trial many of us suffer with. Yes. But um, there are there are instances where we go in one way and come out stronger mm-hmm. and closer, but only by perseverance and continued faith yeah. and, and strengthening that faith. So what are some ways that you uh, deal with personally that help you strengthen your faith in God and have the kind of perseverance you need? And I feel like sometimes the only way you can have the perseverance you need is through God, by Mm -hmm. God. But we can only have that when we're connected to him. So how do we strengthen our faith in God? Um. It's kind of one of those things that you just have to have the mindset to do it. Mm. It's kind of ironic that in my Bible reading for the day, I came across Daniel 3, where you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that are are told that if they don't worship the idol, they're going to be thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And their response was, look, we're not going to compromise. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously, yeah, but they... Course. Basically, they're saying, I'm not going to compromise because we believe and we have faith that God's going to bring us through. Yeah. But what's unique about that story is they didn't stop at that. Mm. They said, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to sacrifice. We're still not going to bow because our faith, even though we expect this to happen and we want this to happen, if it doesn't happen, 
that doesn't diminish who my God is. Sure. If we think that, who are we to think that if God doesn't answer our prayer, that that changes who God is? Because God is omniscient. Yeah. He's all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. And like you mentioned earlier, he's working in the background. And though we don't like it, his plan is ultimate. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I did learn through this tragedy, and I actually had this talk with a, a neighbor of ours on Halloween night. I was walking the neighborhood with Savannah, and one of Savannah's really good friends in the neighborhood, her dad had cancer. Mm -hmm. And it was stage four throat cancer, if I remember correctly. And I use had because, unfortunately, he has passed. Mm. But I was having a discussion with his wife about miracles and about God's healing power. And I told her, I said, I'm a cancer survivor, but I've also got a different perspective now because of this. We as Christians, we pray God's will be done. But we look at it from our mindset of what we want. Yeah. We want people to be healed. We want people to raise from the dead. I mean, I remember being a kid and when my grandfather passed away praying, God, raise him from the de raise him from the dead. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I believed it could happen. As a six-year-old kid, I believed it could happen. I mean, six years old, you believe everything. Yeah. But it didn't happen, obviously. And so even dealing with my, my cancer, I, be I began to get this realization that just because God doesn't heal me or heal this man or raise my grandfather from the dead doesn't mean that he hasn't performed a miracle. Mm. Because again, if we truly believe and we hold to our faith and if we've made the commitment to live for God and we've gone through the life of being a Christian, isn't the end result a miracle in and of itself? Yeah. We pass and we go to heaven and we have no more pain. We have no more yeah. sorrow. We have no more suffering. So isn't that a miracle in and of itself? And our selfishness says, no, Lord, I want, I want that person here with me now. But God's saying, no, I want them with me now. Yeah. That doesn't change who God is. He still performed a miracle. Maybe not in the context we like, but he still performed a miracle. Yeah. And... So as we're dealing with our adversities and our struggles in life, we have to realize, and I'm not saying we just give up. Mm. I'm not saying that, oh, I got cancer, I'm going to die, I'm not going to fight or anything. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is if God doesn't answer the way we want him to, doesn't change who he is. Mm. Because he still knows what's best. Right. And I, I've talked about it over the pulpit, so I don't think Pastor's going to have an issue with it. But one of my favorite country songs is by Garth Brooks. <laughs> okay. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Mm. That's good. Because he knows, God knows that I'm praying to win the lottery, but that lottery may cause me to lose my soul. And God knows that. And so, well, God, I, have be I believe that you're going to make me a millionaire, but it's not what's good for me. Right. Or I know God's going to heal this person, but this person, if God healed them, maybe they turned their back and ultimately didn't make it to heaven afterwards. So, I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes we just have to acknowledge the fact that it's not what we like, but it's what God knows is best. Right. No, that's true. I think, like you said, one of the hardest things sometimes 
for us to say is your will be done, but it's also one of the most important things we can mm-hmm. say. And unfortunately for a lot of people, it's just cliche Yeah, because they don't really comprehend it. It's the same thing as saying, I want to, I just want to be used. Be careful what you ask for, mm. because if you mean it, same thing with thy will be done, God. When Jesus was in the garden and he was praying, he said, not my will, because he didn't want to die, but he said, thy will be done. He had an understanding that God's will was ultimate, mm. and that even though it causes pain and suffering at times, the outcome on the other side is going to be much greater. That's good. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think you're right. I think we just need to have the kind of faith in God to know that he has everything in his hands and he is looking out for the best of us. Mm-hmm. He has the best intentions. Yeah. And so, you know, we just have to trust God and and that comes through, you know, building that relationship with him. Yeah. So, okay, so we're thinking of going through a trial, going through adversity. There's a problem in our life. Things aren't working the way they need to work, and we need a miracle, okay? And we're trusting in God. We believe we're expecting a miracle, and we have the faith to know that God can do that miracle. But just so happens we wake up one day, and it seems a little bit more bleak than usual, and our perspective and our mindset is not necessarily on the best of intentions. How can we catch ourselves losing, not faith, but maybe trust in, in knowing that things are going to work out. Are there indicators, red flags that are kind of popping in our brains that we can say, hey, maybe maybe we should maybe we should find a place and kind of connect with God and help have that kind of, you know, encouragement that only God's love and, and, and grace can give. I I mean each individual person's gonna have sure. those individual markers. Um but if you what comes to mind when you ask that question is bringing it to a more human level. Yeah. And looking at yours and Michaela's relationship or mine and my wife or any married couple, mm-hmm. there's indicators when something's not right. The volume gets raised a little bit higher <laughs> than usual. <laughs> Maybe the volume or the lack of or volume. Or the lack of volume, yes. that's been, On both sides. The mute button is the constantly pressed. Yeah, yep. and so... If we're perceptive to that, then we know, okay, maybe I need to bring home some flowers or maybe we need to sit down and talk about something. And I think it's the same way with God. And I'm not saying God just goes silent on us. Right. But maybe there's going to be those indicators. And just like in a relationship, the longer you're in a relationship, the more you pick up on these subtle hints, Mm -hmm. The, the more... You understand, and the more you're perceptive to them. When you and Michaela, or me and Miranda, first started dating, I couldn't tell all the time when she was upset with me. <laughs> I'm I sure, still sometimes can't. <laughs> but but more as you then, grow, sure. as you matured with each other, and as you spent time with each yeah, other, you're right. It becomes more and more prevalent of okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way with God, where sometimes, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not one to say God speaks to me audibly and. Right. Or doesn't speak to me, and now I know something's wrong. It's a booming voice. Exactly. But God always uses some form or fashion mm-hmm. to nudge us, to kind of prick us a little bit, 
to let us know something's not right. And mm. when if we're committed to the relationship, we're going to be sensitive to those. We're going to, especially if we're sitting there saying, well, man, God, what's going on? I, I feel like I'm in a different spot with you. Okay, there's an indicator. I, I, maybe I'm not feeling like God's speaking to me as much or ministering to me as much. Yeah, now it's time to kind of check our faith, yeah. check what we've been doing, check our our mindsets, listen to things that, and I'm not saying listen, I mean, yeah, listen to podcasts and stuff like that, but listen to that still small voice because he's going to make his his plans per se known as to, hey, you're not exactly where I want you to be. Right. And prime example was Miranda and I moving, making the decision to move here to Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I had been thinking about it for probably five or six months before I ever said anything to Miranda mm. because I wanted it to be God's will. And so I basically, I didn't fleece the Lord, but I said, Lord, okay, if this is truly the direction that you're leading us, you present the, you present it. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to. And Miranda and I were sitting at the dinner table one night and I think the kids had gone to bed or something. And, um, Miranda just kind of said, you know, Stephen, I've been thinking. I'm like, okay, what? I'm really feeling like my parents. And as soon as she said that, it's like, okay, this is God opening the door. And we just began to have that discussion. And it was like immediately we're like, okay, we're going to, we talked to uh, Pastor Boffin and Sister Boffin, my in-laws. Right. And to our current pastors, Rob and Connie Bibb at the time, and said, this is what we're feeling, but we ultimately want it to be God's will. Pray with us. And so we spent a little bit of time in prayer with them. And and that's where, when, like you said, you've got to be perceptive and receptive to these things to say, okay, the Lord's kind of trying to do something to try and indicate. And it works that way with our trials as mm-hmm. well. When we're dealing with something, we got to, kind of turn our hearing aids up a little bit to make right. sure we're hearing what yeah. God's trying to do. That's true. Yeah, that's very good. I think uh, we just have to be sensitive and we have to just be aware. And I think a lot of times, just like anything, you know, you can lose sight of your path. You can lose sight of your direction. But I think you it happens less and less and it's less likely to happen if you are constantly working on drawing closer to God. Mm-hmm. It's like any relationship, you know, if you're constantly working on your relationship, actually giving it your all 100%, less likely that things are going to go tragically than you holding off for a little while and letting things stir and, you know, everything gets, yeah, yeah, everything gets magnified, everything gets bigger. But, um, but I think it's true. I think if you, if you are having a mindset that, hey, I want to draw closer to God, even through my trials. And I want God to be the centerfold of my 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 direction making, and and tell me and kind of give me direction on where I need to be. I know it's the best for me. I know mm-hmm. it's the best for my family. Right. I know it's the best for you know my life where I'm at right now, um, and then just you know putting a hundred percent of effort into it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really good. I think now just kind of transitioning towards uh, towards the end of this topic, can the miracle that God performs in your life? Let's just say. You are going through a trial. You're going through adversity. Things aren't working the way they need to work out for you. And you've had faith in God. You trust in God. And God makes a miraculous move and changes your life. And the doctors and the people around you are saying, this isn't possible. You know, there's just no way that this could happen. 
and and you're sitting there and you know it's only God that has brought you to this point and your 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 gratitude is is overflowing your love for God is probably more than it's ever been you've drawn a closer relationship with God in that moment should you hide that miracle and that testimony that God has blessed you with as a personal miracle and testimony that you will hold on to the rest of your life to die with and not share that testimony and that blessing that God has done in your life to help build faith to other people. I mean, can your miracle be a testimony for others to build their faith in God? I think it should be. Yeah. Um, Because like I was mentioned earlier, if we're saying that we want to be used and God chooses to use us, Mm -hmm. it may not be to teach us anything. And if we hold that miracle in and we and we don't share it and we don't tell of God's goodness and tell of his of his blessings and what he's done for us, then are we really being used at that point? Mm. Are we being selfish with it and saying, No, this is all mine. I'm right. gonna hold on to it. I'm not gonna share it with anybody. Wherein God's saying, No, I did this for you to share. And it's It's one of the things that honestly I have struggled with is because I I don't ever want it to come across as look at me, God chose to use me and do a miracle in my life and so finding that balance of not being braggadocious on me and I'm hmm. still here but being braggadocious on God. Right. And for some people that comes natural where they're just they'll get up and they'll just tell of the goodness of God and what God's done for them. And that's that's who they are. Yeah. And and but there's times where I'll sit there and and unless I come across somebody that's got a similar story, like this neighbor of ours, to be able to tell her of what God had done for me. Yeah. But the perspective of if God chooses to go the different route, mm-hmm. how we still unfortunately we don't like that result, but we gotta know that God's purpose is done. Mm. So I had the ability to share God's grace and his miracle in my life, but also help her understand that God is still in control. Mm. Even though at the time I didn't know he was going to pass away. I mean, it was, I think a week and a half after we had this this conversation that he passed away. And so I had no clue what God's plan was, Right. but maybe that was also God's way of of ministering to her that he knows he's going to take him home. Yeah. But to help ease her burden a little bit. Mm. And so we have to be receptive again of, of being braggadocious on God, but making it not about us. Yeah. And I think we need to share God's blessings. Oh yeah. Because it does build faith in revelation. It talks about being saved by the word of their testimony. And if somebody holds in their testimony, how is that going to build somebody else's faith? Because, yeah. again, we want to be used to help build people's faith. Well, then we got to use what God's given us. Yeah. No, I think it's really good. I think you have to understand uh, that as a Christian uh, on earth with a relationship with God, we are given a commission mm-hmm. to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to to reach those and disciple those into more disciples of Christ to mm-hmm. expand the kingdom of God. 
And I think one of the greatest ways of, 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 of speaking to someone about the goodness of God is through your personal testimony or a pers- uh, testimony of someone that shared it with you. Right. Because your personal testimony, no one's going to be more excited about what God has done for you than yourself. Yeah. Right. I, I, you're probably more excited about God doing something good for, for you than probably yeah. someone is up to you. But that joy and excitement bleeds through your conversation. Mm-hmm. It shows it's relevant it, and it, it, it entices a need and a desire and a want to kind of have that excitement that God had given to you to be in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like stepping out in faith sometimes and saying, hey, I want to just tell you something about what God has done for my life and, mm-hmm. and what he's done for me and the joy and the happiness that comes from that. And, and my new maybe my new perspective on who God is and what he does for people. And, and, and using that as an opportunity to disciple and to bring people into the kingdom of God. Um, that's what we're commissioned to do. Yeah. That's why we're here. You know, that's why God's given the kind of grace he has for us so that we can share that grace with other people. Right. And so we are are commissioned, we are asked uh, by God to to step out sometimes and say, hey, God has done good, something good for me. He can do something good right. for you. And so I don't, I don't think, in honesty, I don't think I've ever personally come across someone who's mentioned their testimony that if it's a, truly a testimony of what God has done for them that hasn't come by sincere Every every person that's ever mentioned a testimony to me, it's sincere. You can see the excitement in their eyes. You can see the joy that God has given to them, and there is a there is a uh, a magnetism mm-hmm. towards that. You know, yeah. And I, I I guess to clarify, I guess it's one of those things where when you do come across that person that you're explaining the miracle to, yeah, and they maybe had a different situation where in their selfish mindset, it, it didn't go the way they wanted it to mm-hmm. go. And they're like, well, why God do it for you? And he didn't do it for me. Right. Well, then you're kind of, I get it. it it's so picking that's and choosing I, your, your yeah. moments. But I think if, if there's someone who is in a desperate point in their life yeah. and they are down and out, you know, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, it, it could be something completely different right. than what God had done for you. But the joy and the excitement That's that true. God renewed in your heart, in your life, will entice and, and grow upon them and say, hey, there's something about this apostolic Christian Pentecostalism that you keep talking about. There's something about this Jesus that yeah. you, you have mentioned multiple times in our conversation. And it's just, it, it, it's an aura of excitement that's just kind of pouring onto me. And I want to, I want to get, I want to be enticed that's by this true. kind of thing. And so, you know, I, I, we, we have to balance it as speakers. Sometimes I, I get up to speak and I use personal experiences like it's because it, 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 it's so easy to use something that yeah. that's personal to you. And sometimes we have to hold back and, and try to gear towards something that's going to impact the majority of people. But right. I think one-on-one, if you're talking to someone and you can just see that they need something from God, they need a joy that just is not in their life. You know, instead of opening the Bible and say, hey, read this scripture, how about do that and then add with it, say, hey, this is how that scripture was effective in my life. Right. And just kind of give it a personal experience, you know, and I think I think volume and and, and then the the weight is so much heavier 
on your words when it comes from you and what God yeah. has done for you. It's more impactful. Impactful, exactly. Yeah. So that's been really good. How about when we're wrapping it up here, how about okay. you take uh, just a moment here, not two seconds, but maybe a little longer than that, and just kind of uh, is there something you want the, the listener or the viewer to kind of take home and chew on? Is there, is there a, a commission or a statement that you want to say that say, hey, I want to challenge you to do this specific thing for the viewer uh, today? Um, going back to, I think, the lowest point uh, when I was fighting the cancer. And I've talked about it in church before where I was literally laying on our bathroom floor because I'd just been sick. I don't want to get too graphic on yeah. everything, but I looked into a, the closet and I knew where the gun was. Mm. And I sat there and the, the contemplation at that point of I can end this now, but what good does that do? To look at your situation, to look at, no matter how bleak it is, no matter how bad it looks like it is, at some point, at some point, it's got to start getting better. Mm. And our lives, whether we want to think about it in this sense or not, our lives are ups and downs. It's just a part of life. We're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. And sometimes those bad days pile up and they get big and it turns into bad weeks and it turns into bad months and maybe even turns into bad years. Mm. But we have to hold on to something bigger than ourselves because we know that at some point there is a light at this end, at the end of this tunnel. And it's going to start getting brighter. It's going to start getting easier. And when we come out of it, what kind of testimony are we going to be able to have to mm. communicate to those other people that are struggling, that are going through something similar, or something's completely different, but yet we still have that ability to say, look what the Lord is, that old song, look, look what, what the, the Lord, Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to start singing. You can singing. Go see it if you want. No. <laughs> but we now have that. Yeah. We have that ability. We have that that strength to say, I've been through some of the darkest valleys mm. humanity's ever faced. Or you've been through some of the darkest valleys. Or we as a family have. But look what the Lord has done. And look at the testimony that we have. And it's not to say that all of a sudden life's going to be perfect and you're never going to have another struggle. Mm. But you look at that struggle and if I made it through this, if I made it through this point in my life, if I made it through this struggle, if I laid on the bathroom floor and I looked at the gun and said, I could end this now, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't, then the situation I'm going through now, I can make it. I can make it. And when I get through this situation, whatever God has in store for me down the road, I can make it. I can make it because if I hold to God's unchanging hand to that, mm -hmm. to that faith that is tried at times, that is, that is literally being held on by a thread, and that thread is, on is over a candle, but there's still that thread. There's still that little piece of hope. And as long as we hold on to hope, as long as whoever's struggling is holding on to hope, 
at some point, it's just God's got to make it better. Right. And if you are hurt and if you are struggling, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm really hurting. I'm really struggling right now because God put us on earth and he gave us this idea of friends. It wasn't Adam by himself. And then when it was Eve, it just wasn't the two of them. They ended up having family and their family grew. And that familiarity, that family unit doesn't have to be blood. It can be friends. And just relying on the strength of others when you are down is immense because it helps so much. That's good. And when your faith is hurting, sometimes you have to rely on the faith of others. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think if we if we sit down here and, and be honest with ourselves and speak to the viewer, there might be someone who needs to hear that. You know, there is a better end and it comes by the grace of God and mm-hmm. the the friendship of others. So I think, you know, we can't limit no. when it comes to America, we can't limit what God can do. Uh, the scripture tells us exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. There's leaps and bounds and can, uh, that, that God can do for us yeah. in our, our situation. Our imaginations can get real big. And if right. it's exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think, yeah, how big is that? Right. I so mean, have faith have faith in knowing that God God is able. Yep. He's able and and he loves us and he cares for us and uh, when someone truly loves you, they'll go leaps and bounds to help you. Yep. And so, you know, just have that faith and hopefully that uplifts someone here today, but hey, it's been really good to have this podcast with you, sit down with you and and speak with this long conversation sometimes <laughs> probably that we've ever had one on one with one another. Not really, but you know, and and I appreciate you taking two two seconds to be used, and so <laughs> I, I I someday we'll explain what that joke means. But but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Stephen. It's been really re- uh, a great honor to share the mic with you, and you. Uh, hopefully something here today uh, ministers to someone's life. Thank you. We want to say thank you so much for joining our LCI podcast today. We hope that something today in the conversation ministered to your heart, and if it did and you enjoyed it, be sure to share with your friends. Also, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time a new episode is uploaded. Also, if you're listening to this, be sure to give us a follow. That way you're notified as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to the next episode, and God bless.